You're listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. Enjoy the show. Hello, Joe. Hello, man. What's up? What's up, man? How are you? I'm all right. Still kind of getting over whatever this is that I had. I've been sick for the last, like, week and a half, and uh, I lost my voice. Got it back a little bit, obviously, for this episode. It was bad. Like, you and I were on the phone the other day. You were like, how are you going to record like this? I'm like, I don't know. I was like, um, can I speak to Joe, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit better than it was yesterday. Obviously, I could, you know, I could I could talk. But um, I hope you guys like Matt. He's going to be doing most of the talking So, uh, on this particular one. Fittingly, though, because... I got to say, like, since we have been doing the podcast, you know, a couple of times, like, you know, we just sort of talked about, um, like, structure and, like, what episodes do, like, just stuff like that. I remember a couple of times I talked to Matt, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, because like, originally we were doing kind of just, like, new stuff in the, like, 80s, like, horror, mostly slashers in the beginning. Like, if you go back in the first couple of episodes, that's mostly what we talked about. And I talked to Matt, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I kind of want to branch out to other, you know, genres and years and stuff. He goes, yeah, I mean, you could do anything. You could do, like, you know, old stuff, you know, like, from, like, you know, 30s, and you could do, like, you know, uh, newer things. You could do the Mothman Prophecies. I was like, all right, kind of came out of nowhere, but fine. And then, like, <laughs> later on, we talked about, you know, other stuff, too, in, in regards to the show. And you're like, yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways you could talk about things. You could talk about this this way. You could talk about, like, this with the Mothman Prophecies. I'm like, this motherfucker keeps bringing this movie up. And then, like, we talked about doing, like, folktale stuff for, um, you know, March because we had, like, the leprechaun and that kind of fit in. And then, like, religious stuff for next month because of Easter. And he's like, oh, yeah, because we could do the exorcist easily for, like, Easter, you know, month because of the religious stuff. And then, like, you know, March is obviously the Mothman prophecies. I'm like, all right, this guy has, like, stock in this movie or something. So I was like, you got to do the Mothman prophecies. Um, so that's, you know, the, the, uh, <laughs> the inception of all this came from you're talking about it so much and we, we're like all right let's do this it's not a movie that i remember you talking about too much uh but like i know why you like this we being friends for like what like tw- 28 years <laughs> like I, I know your yeah. type of stuff and and i you know i get that um i'd seen this when it came out this movie uh the mothman prophecies came out in 2002 it was directed by a guy named mark pellington uh he was kind of famous for the um what was that like nazi uh arlington road he did that movie Yep. This movie is based on a book uh, by the same name by a guy named John Keel. And the book is also based on, you know, an urban legend of sorts um, in West Virginia. And so the movie stars Richard Gere as uh, John Klein and Laura Linney as the sheriff, Connie Mills. And the movie is about a um, reporter played by Gere's character. And he is from D.C. and he's researching the legend of the Mothman in West Virginia after his wife passes away. Uh, from possibly this creature who is seemed to be responsible for all these weird phenomena in the area. So uh, with the sheriff, they start investigating this stuff and he's just completely drawn into this, like almost an otherworldly kind of pull into this legend. And the movie, uh, ex- the movie shows like his exploration into this particular legend and what kind of connection it has to some of the strange things that are going on in this town. The movie did pretty well because of, you know, the actors and stuff in here. They were big names. Obviously, Richard Gere's huge. But I don't remember a lot of people talking about it past its release. It obviously had quite an effect on you. And, you know, the movie being based on, like, an actual urban legend of the area also kind of helps, um, you know, sell the uh, the movie a little bit. So um, I guess to start off by, because I, you know, very curious, like, what was this big draw to the movie? So at the time this movie came out, um, I I was in 
college in Florida and I was had a job in a movie theater, which is the best job that ever paid minimum wage. Like you don't even deserve minimum wage for how awesome this job is. Like there's two jobs you do. You work concessions, which is just you sell shit and eat a bunch of popcorn, drink soda and eat nachos. Or you can get a dream job, which is to be the usher. So you just sit there and tear tickets and tell people where to go. And you can make jokes and you're usually with another guy and you can just talk shit the whole time. And then movies play for two hours. And for t- those two hours, you're supposed to do what are called theater walks, where you just go into a theater and you just make sure nobody's fucking around, making noise, um, you know, that the temperature is right, that the screen and volume, like, just make sure everything's going from theater to the next. But what I would do is just, for those two, I would just go watch a movie, you know? So I would, like, I, I saw this movie, like, bits and pieces of it, because when you're doing theater walks, you walk into different parts of the movie, um... Yeah. so many times right and then when movies end they they space the endings out like 15 minutes apart so like a movie ends you know you go in at, you know when it's coming up because like there's this board that like if a movie's ending in five minutes it turns like yellow and then when the movie ends it turns red and then you go into that theater that means like the credits started and these wait until every if someone wants to watch wants to watch all the credits you don't start cleaning you know you'd be respectful but if they walk out, then you start cleaning. But either way, you're in there for the credits. So, like, I knew the credit song, like, it was, like, stuck in my head. Like, we'd hear it out, like, multiple times a day, every shift. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that's really what it was about. Because I saw it so disjointed. It really is a disjointed type of story. And we started, we would talk about it, you know. And it, it just felt like because it was, granted, it's, this version of it is, it, it, it's different from the original book, which I'm not going to get into too much, but you it almost sounds it? like a more... No, no, no. I just read a lot about it. Okay. Yeah, I, I pretty much know all the content that's in the book because I listened to a couple of podcasts that summarized the entire book, like cover to cover. It's more alien in the book, you know, that there are ships involved and in, in things, but um, it's more mysterious in the movie. And I like the idea that even though the Mothman in the in the book is a local urban legend to this area, you know, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and in the, in the surrounding areas, they kind of extrapolated out in the movie to be like, you know, that it's this thing throughout human history, and it's more interesting that way. This just this idea of there are this, these beings that portend disaster, and um, yeah, it's just kind of uh, it's. It, there's a lot i feel like it's it's very interesting to me in that aspect of like things we don't understand it's not really a horror story but i did i, I really did think that the way this movie was shot um you know that the way they use certain elements which i'll go into and um that they they, they did it as a horror movie it, it, i think they they did an awesome job i really i really liked a lot of it but you didn't <laughs> I didn't, I didn't. I don't dislike the movie. It's like you know one of those kind of investigative horror movies, like The Ring or whatever, where someone's sort of you know going down the rabbit hole of some kind of supernatural event or creature. They've peaked from the late '90s and early 2000s onwards, and um, you know, like they're they're all like kind of like the same to me. So I, I feel like the only pull of interest is if there's something unique about it. I didn't really find anything particularly unique about it, except that it's based on like you know some true events or actual events that happened. You know the the yeah. bridge collapse is a real thing that happened, and they um they they tied it to this 
you know, this character, this creature. It happened in like the sixties though. Yeah. The bridge collapsed in the sixties in sixty six or sixty seven. And it was close to Christmas time. And a lot of that is true. But what's what's interesting about it is that the the amount, the pure amount of stories and, and coincidences that came out of the people there, it's 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 eerie because um you know, and this anything that's based because this is loosely based on what actually happened. Which, even if you're skeptical, it's still very interesting to me as one of the most notorious manifestations of like a mass hysteria or just yeah. like an entire people getting wrapped up in a thing. Is that there were like hundreds of sightings of this thing and interactions and people that would report things independently that you know across towns and stuff that didn't know each other would come in and you know when something was reported another story would match up to that that hadn't been reported yet it was very strange in that aspect you know they don't really know why if you know some kind of elaborate hoax or or what you know is there's no explanation for it um there's a lot of theories but and i have my own kind of theories that you know to not go with the skeptical side of it to go with like what if you know in the context of the movie what the mothman actually are and what's going on with that which is what so I think about it a few different ways. Um, you know, first, if we say, like, okay, let's assume that when a disaster happens, or, you know, first you got to wrap your head around the idea that, you know, we live in the third dimension traveling through the fourth dimension. You know, that's just how we, that's our standard of perception, you know, right. as human beings. You know, there are things that, you know, may happen on other dimensions. And this is a reality. This is where, you know, um, modern uh, theoretical physics is going and has been going for a couple of decades now is the idea that, yeah, there are there are as many as 10. Some people say 13. There's a lot of dimension, you know, and I, I can go into that, but it's kind of boring. It's a different conversation for another time. But the idea that, like, okay, if time, you know, we just perceive time as linear, but if ever if space and time don't exist they're just constructs and everything that's you know time is all happening at the same time right. um then you could look at it like first of all like maybe you know whenever there is a disaster and the impact that it has on people has some type of physical manifestation that echoes in their psyche you know so they're they're getting these bad vibes or visions or however it's it's manifesting to them uh, because it's it does happen so it's like an echo but before it happened you know so i'm like okay that's one definition you know that's one possible explanation okay uh, a second aspect of it could be something along the lines of you know if you have a if i say um you know hold up a number of fingers on your hand you know and you pick two or three or whatever basically whenever you're faced with a decision no matter how small you've made all of those possible decisions. And every time you've branched off a new reality, you know, that this is another theory of like the multiverse and, you know, the multiple sure, dimensions sure. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. you know, not dimensions, more like universes or right. branches of our branches of our universe. So you've made a new branch. And so all these branches are happening all the time. Once again, there's no proof for any of this. This is all just theoretical physics and whatnot. But so let's say in a certain branch or a certain future of mankind, um, you know, they know about every single major disaster that's ever happened. So let's just say 9-11, okay? And let's say leading up to 9-11, they came back pre-9-11 and were able to, to stop it 
by interacting with something and, and you know just warning them and we're somehow able to stop that disaster but still create a branch okay and that branch would go two ways one where 9-11 didn't happen and and the one branch where like maybe they saw the being but that impact didn't happen and the disaster still happened so the silver bridge still the silver bridge didn't collapse in another one of the realities but then we're just in the one where the disaster still happened right okay despite the warning yeah yeah is that like gotcha. the warning was effective but when it branched we're just in the branch that the disaster still happened okay does that make sense yeah, like as, sense. as another theory and then the, and then there's you know the third theory is compasses like anything from like they're aliens that you know are, are just like fucking around with us or you know they're a different type of supernatural creature and blah 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 and i think that's like the first place people would go but i think that's the least interesting because it's just like there's no kind of they're like yeah that wouldn't it be cool if sure but i feel like the other things are like okay you know like interesting you know like i i think those are somewhat rational thought out perspectives on what could be causing this phenomenon right do 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 <laughs> that's why i thought it was so interesting it was just like what if you know like yeah. the idea of like not just ghosts or aliens or something but something omniscient you know where they truly demonstrate you know the scene where he's in the room talking to injured cold on the phone and this is that's what it identified itself as is a couple times to certain people there's a couple of them the mothman identified by by name yeah um injured cold um one time introduced himself just as cold and this is other one i think it was like zaid or something like that a lot of the things that happen in the movie are what happened in real life but they had you know they with hundreds of different people they kind of smushed them into like less characters sure. and yeah. um you know things like that i forget what he put in his shoe oh where's my watch it's in your shoe under the bed and what's in my hand <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know like the idea that they are omniscient in in a in much bigger way is is very disturbing to me, you know, because they know what's going to happen and they can manipulate reality in this way and do nothing about it. It's, I think that's where it's, there's nothing else really like it to me because it's not a religious thing. They're not ghosts. They're not aliens. They are this kind of like new type of creature or new type of entity. Yeah. I just feel like the movie, um, I think it's more interesting to talk about it than like to watch the film. Well, that's what I'm going to say is like the way that the movie is shot. Um, you know, they, I, I really like the way they use a lot of aspects in the movie in particular. Um, there's a lot going on with um, like reflections and mirrors. Yeah. And there's this one scene in particular that throughout the entire scene, there's like a mirror on the left side. That's like a mirror inside a closet. And, Richard Gere is on the phone, and even though, like, you can see his reflection walking by the mirror, it's desynced from his movement slightly. Have you noticed that? No. Okay. It like when you start to notice things like this, it's really like disturbing because. Um, and then in that scene, he like slams the closet door, and when it bounces back, yeah. you see a reflection, in, and it's either. Um, his wife deborah messing or it's like the face of the mothman mothman i didn't pause it or anything i just remember like oh it's a face there it's not a, a very typical jump scare or even when he rolls over and she's in bed 
with her is like they don't do the like the uh solid snake gets alerted you know jump scares sure, thing. Sure. they they kind of like do this like deeper tone of you know and i think that was like it hit me a very different way you know because they're not it, it i don't know that scene freaked me out for some reason the first time i saw it it just did not expect it they shot it really well because they show him clearly in the bed you know, it's like in movies where they open the fridge door and they look around, they pull nothing out and they close the fridge door and there's something behind it, you know? Yeah. They use that mechanism so much now that they'll do that like three times in the same scene where there's nothing behind it just because we've come to expect that so much. And I'm like, yeah, so, but I feel like what they did in this were unique style jump scares. You know, there was more more typical one where he lands himself banging his head into the mirror and stuff like that, but some of the other ones were... Um, very well done in my opinion no i understand you know like the what you're saying about it but um yeah i just the movie is is i just think super boring and uh i don't know why the whole thing is like shot like a don't steal this dvd commercial like like from the, in the beginning of like a rental back in the day like you like don't fucking you wouldn't steal a fucking puppy you know like and and like with like the same music you and wouldn't like the, download a car right you know <laughs> it had like all the fucking you know like the same like font and all that stuff uh like the the, the the blurry speed lines the music i'm like yeah this, this is what it looks like to me um and richard gear i mean he doesn't really get anybody like pumped you know like he's pretty like he's a good actor he's a boring guy um he's kind of milk toast yeah you know so i just uh you know i i do always find the movie to be a little like slow paced kind of boring but um yeah the ideas are pretty good the, i'd rather watch a documentary on this i feel like than, than the movie do you know what i mean like well that's what i'm saying is like if you approach it more like it is you know through i was approaching it like i was younger at the time you know it was only 20, you know, early 20 so you're much more i don't say vulnerable to the idea of based on the true story so i was watching it like you know you look at like fardo where they say you know this is based on the true story and you know, locations and names have been changed, but like, there's nothing like like Fargo. They just added that at the start of the movie, the Cohen brothers, because they thought it was cool and it would it would change your engagement in the story. Like, because yes. it's like, yeah, stranger than fiction. You know that idea, and I think that the fact that this was based in the true story is because I'm always on this search for like I'm, you, I, I'm, I'm like, what was the old, is it an X-Files thing? Like I want to believe, or is that sure, just a yeah. UFO thing? That was the yeah. Yeah. And the, just that general idea is I was so bought in on this. So I was watching it more like it was engaging to me at, in terms of like a, a documentary, you know, is yeah. that even the, the pacing of it, um, it was fine for me because it was like a lot of just information happening. And I know not a lot happens, but it's like, I looked at it like it was engaging. Cause what if this was actually happening is what made it scarier and more engaging for me. Yeah. My investigation into this entire uh, movie has really just been to find out like what it is about this that has got you so into it. And that's been like my journey. And, and, and now I understand that better because it's like, all right, not only is it the type of stuff that gets your interest, that catches your attention the most, but it's also like a nostalgic period of time for you in the movie theater. So I think it's oh, this yeah. combination of things. So, so that's, that's what my investigation um and yeah i feel satisfied <laughs> with my answer <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sorry that i can't really 
defend the movie on its own <laughs> merits. <laughs> you know, there were a lot of recurring uh, elements in the movie that, you know, it just, it, it, it elevated also for me, you know, that it just like, it was more engaging. I, I liked some of the cinematography, some of it, like you said, you know, you didn't like the way it was shot because it felt like these old timey things. And I think that they were trying to give it more realistic, gritty type of vibe that yeah. the more grounded it felt in reality the more you would connect it to you know it would just hit that button in your head like wow this actually happened like the broad it's very very broadly based on the true story um but well they took the approach of you know not going over the top not going um into the fantastical make this big spectacle of a film yeah to to keep that um, going, you know, like to keep it grounded in reality so that you were engaged that way the entire time. Like, as opposed to like, maybe like, you know, the Conjuring films, right? That are like also based on true stories, but they're fucking out there. And you're like, yeah, this didn't happen this way. No fucking way, you know? But yeah, that's pretty much it. Did you, was there anything that you did like about it? Was there anything that I did like about it? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't dislike slow paced things that that wasn't like my problem with it per se. Obviously, I thought the acting was well done. I thought the you know the characters are pretty good, um, although some of them were a little boring. I mean, I just feel like the execution of it all was a little like. Eh. I did love the um, I, I do love the ending to the movie. I think that they actually do a really good job with the um, the bridge collapse scene, and you know for like this big practical sort of like stunt that they pull off. And I thought it was actually really well done. Um, yeah, that was a miniature. Yeah, and 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 to have that really be your only like big thing in it. And it's the conclusion. Like I, I, I do like that. So I was impressed with the way they pulled that off. Still to this day, and um, I, I, I think it's a pretty good scene. And it, and it probably because more so because like you know nothing really happens until the end. Yeah, it was like um like a six foot bridge, and uh, they basically had one take to get the whole collapse and do everything because it was all, it was actually made of like steel and everything. And uh, yeah. And even at the end of the movie, when they say, oh, no explanation for the collapse of the Silver Bridge. And I'm like, no, no, no. I mean, they, they, they determined right? exactly which I-beam it was. And right. this 13 locking, you know, like it was just a it's heavy thing traffic. It. Yeah. yeah, it was just built. Yeah, it wasn't built to handle the load it did. And they even knew about it like a couple months prior. They had gotten a warning that like, hey, you know, something's you got to inspect this bridge. Something's not right. You know? I, I think that the, the Mothman concept is the most interesting simply because you can even draw back to like it's not even just an urban legend so to speak you could just call it a legend you know because when he goes to see leak who's the author of this book in the movie which is just keel backwards and his name you know the main character richard gears initials are jk like john keel the guy that wrote the book right you know they, they work him in there some way but the guy that he's just that guy that um is the exposition guy, you know, to say all the things, you know, and he kind of, you know, the, the analogy he gives with the window washer seeing further down the road. And he says like, it's, it's a, they called it the Mothman and Ukrainian cultures and, and how far it goes back. I think that's actually more interesting than just this, um, you know, city bound phenomenon in, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia is that the idea that, yeah, these things always appear. Because can you imagine the hysteria that it would cause if people in an area did start seeing the Mothman? Everyone bugging out, be bugging out like, oh, you know, like how you feel like before a rainstorm, you can you know it's going to rain, or before lightning strikes, things like that. Right. Um, that 
type of anticipation that that's a little bit extrasensory. Um, if this was a, a even a slightly more common thing, it's just such a it's, it's a cool idea to me. You know, it just yeah. it's, I don't know. No, I understand, and I agree with you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I was trying to think of other movies that were like this, that like kind of you know explored or cashed in on, um, you know, an urban or you know like an urban type legend. Um, and I know there's a there's a ton, you know, but like, was there something else that actually like was was well done? You know, that you you walk away thinking like, wow, like I guess any of the movies about, I mean, exorcism in general, yeah, and the possession movies, you know, that type of idea is a very like whoa what if type of concept you know but besides that you have like categories like ghosts aliens like bigfoot movies you know there's a bigfoot thing that people yeah have there been any good bigfoot movies willow creek was pretty good okay there's the original troll hunter movie yes 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 yeah that one that's shot like it's either shot like found i don't know it's like found footage or if if it's just like vhs recording i really like that one a lot the empty man yeah, good call. Um, you know, that is based on this whole whole thing is, um, you know, the, the Mothman, where if enough people believe in a thing, and it, I forget what it's called. There's some type of prin- principle. I think it's like out of religion or out of some uh, Eastern country, that if, uh, if enough people believe in a thing, it manifests into reality. Right, right. Yeah, and I, I, and I, I tend to enjoy all of those movies just because... I like the idea of, oh, to put it another way, you know, go back a hundred years, you know, or even to when we were kids, like the idea of like treasure maps or like these like forgotten cities or any of this stuff, exploring the unknown, you know, because it's like, we're not even, we're not going to get much more of that in our lifetime, you know, unless there's some leap in physics where they figure out how to fold space no matter how fast a craft is, it ain't getting anywhere in our lifetime. And there is some type of things where it's like, hey, no, we don't know everything. You know, we haven't explored everything. I think that's why I one of the big things I like about Lovecraft, I have to go back to Lovecraft, ding ding ding. Um, <laughs> is that a lot of a lot of what they explore is like the, the creatures are at the bottom of the ocean. Because it's the last unex- truly unexplored part of our planet and it's the major Huge. part of our yeah, planet, of course, you know? Yeah. yeah, so as far as whether or not I would recommend this movie, I, this isn't a movie that I would say, oh my God, everyone should see this movie. Sure. You know, um, but this on a, a smaller scale, I would say, hey, if you're into the supernatural and, you know, you just kind of want a movie that's very, very mood based and, you know, slowly builds tension you know, and kind of in in a very subtle way and it's not super engaging, but it's going to spark your interest if you're into this stuff and it's going to feed that fancy. Um, yeah, go for it. Um, I, I really, really like this movie and for, um, reasons that we talked about as well as Joe's identifying that it, it does hold a nostalgic thing for me because of, uh, working in the movie theater. But so I would recommend it with those uh like recommended asterisks you know <laughs> <laughs> right right and it's a good you know to appreciate it for that it's it's a good segue into like uh, you know learning about this stuff we you know been talking about that more than the movie for the last you know 30 minutes so. yeah i think it's fun to fun to talk about and it's a it's a pretty cool urban legend 
and uh, it's not a lot of those screen well. Yeah, know, something that it is based in reality. Well, I would you know, because yeah, I wouldn't mind doing an episode about urban legends. Not even like talking about films specifically, or maybe ones that you know um, talk about urban legends and like bounce into like what films uh, are about them. And like the differences and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, I, I think that if you walk into this movie knowing like that, you know what it is, I think you, you'll, you'll enjoy it. I don't know. I feel like this movie is a little dated and, um, a little slower pace for, for maybe some people, but, um, that's, that, that's how I feel. But, you know, and obviously that's not the popular opinion. Um, but I think in general, like the, like the reviews are, are kind of like it did well when it came out just because like, I think like the star power of it, but and these kind of horror movies were big back then, but I think that, uh, like, critic, like critically now, if you look at it, like, the Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic scores are fairly low on it. Um, yeah. And I, and I think I understand why. But that's not to say that the movie has no merit, because it does. And um, you've been listening to why, basically, like, the last half hour. So I think that's, like, the, you know, if you're going to check it out, that's probably um, the mindset to walk into with it. But, you know, obviously, if you like this kind of stuff, you probably already saw it. That's what I would think. But it's hard to watch, by the way, just because, like, there's no streaming service that has it for free, oddly enough, because it's, a, it's a, you know, an older movie, 2002. Uh, so you have to rent it. But um, you could pretty much rent it anywhere. Or own it, like I do. Well, yeah. Sure. Because I'm a weirdo. You can go to Matt's <laughs> house if you live in... <laughs> Come on, bye! <laughs> um, all right, well, it's, uh, I'm, I'm glad we finally got to talk about it. You've only brought it up, like, you know, ten times. So now we, we got to the bottom of it, and... Uh, yeah, sorry I'm a little out of commission for this episode because uh, I've been kind of under the weather for a bit. But, um, yeah, uh, that's March, basically, you know? That's that's all our movies. So next month we're going to come back with some uh, religious-type stuff and uh, you know, a whole, whole different uh, type of things to talk about them. So we hope you guys uh, are looking forward to that. Um, you know, h- hitting up some like pretty classic movies, obviously. And um, we will see you next Monday. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. All right, good fucking night. Good night. Hey, guys, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Also, you can follow us on social media. We have Twitter, and that's at Sexy Vamp Teeth. We also have Instagram at the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. So if you guys want updates on the show, please follow us on our social media sites, and make sure to tune in every Monday night for a new episode. Thanks for listening, guys, and good night. You've been listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. 